Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure. We have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Last we left our adventurers... They had successfully infiltrated the Cult of the Dragon camp. Upon entering the camp, they discovered that it was a little bit larger than maybe they had originally anticipated. One with uh, the first level or platform with a bunch of kobolds and even a small pack of orcs where they did see some of the prisoners that they possibly are searching for milling about performing menial labor, moving buckets of water, cleaning clothing, things of that nature. As they progressed further east into the cavity of this enclosed valley, if you will, it seemed that this was where the majority of the actual cultists resided. And taking a sharp detour away from the main tent, which is heavily guarded, they were let into a tent with a human woman in green clothing who introduced herself as Kava, one of the main recruiters of the uh, Cult of the Dragon. Successfully bluffing their way through the conversation, Kava and Ildrex had tentatively welcomed them, given Lance in particular a secret mission to infiltrate, to suss out talks of dissent amongst the ranks, while Mal, under the false name of Mara, was taken to the more magical part of the camp, where there were wizards, people practicing magic by Ovak and the blue tiefling, Balam. In a brief discussion with Balam, Mal described a little bit of her desire as this new initiate, to which Balam immediately charged Ovak with training and testing Mara. To the other side of the camp, Fleeple and Lance came up with the idea to sow descent of their own, to discuss with Kobolds, possibly the Orc tribe, and see what information they could gain and to see if they could encourage the kobolds and the lesser humanoids in the camp to rise up against the leadership. In discussing this rising up and usurping the leadership of the cultist camp, Fleeful discovered a couple things. The blue half-dragon that they fought back in Greenest is the right hand to Mondath, named Langdorosa, and that the cave on the far east side of this enclosed valley leads to what's called a nursery, which only one can assume what's in there. But there's probably dragon eggs. And while Fleeple was discussing this with the kobolds, Lance was charged to go see if the orcs could assist in this. We ended on the climatic moment of Mal getting tested by Ovac, which this test apparently consisted of Ovac swinging a sword at Mal's face. So Mal, you're face to face with Ovac. This sword just materializes out of nowhere from her hand as she thrusts it downward towards you. We're actually going to take a break from that and hop over to Lance. Lance, at the time that you break away from Fleeple going to the Kobolds, you are making your way towards the group of about a dozen orcs removed from the rest of the camp. Um, they're a little bit north and there are no Kobold tents near this little clump of orcs. And as I mentioned, there are only about 12 of them there. They are very guarded, if you will. And as they see you approach, 
one of them, female, she looks over to you, and as you start to come over, she stands up, she grabs this massive battle axe that's very crude, got dried blood all over it, and the handle's just a broken tree branch, if you will, and she just hoists it on her shoulder, and she meets you at the edge of their little area. And she just stares down on you and looks at you. I will... Um... <laughs> I will take out my... I'm going to take out my short sword and my dagger that I have sheathed at my sides. And I'm going to... Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. What should I do here? I'm going to stab them into the ground and I'll look up at her and... In Orcish, because I do speak Orcish, I will say, Honor to your camp, I come to talk. Speaking in Orcish, she's definitely put off, noticeably. She looks at you, and her hand just, not nervously, but grips the, her handle, and she just stares at you. <sighs> also in Orcish, what do you want to talk about? I come to speak. I'm going to talk in a... When I'm in Orcish, I will talk in a normal voice. I'm not going to try the accent with Orcish going on. I come to speak to those who wish to bring true honor to Tiamat. Go ahead and roll... Go ahead and roll a charisma check. I will allow a deception check if that is your intent to maybe, like, suss out. I'm not I'm not exactly sure what your intent is, so that's why I called for a charisma check. That's... But. that's intent is... I mean, this whole thing I'm trying to scheme and things. So I would say I am deceiving at this moment. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, go ahead and roll a deception check then. Uh, that's gonna be 14. 14? You say that, and as she looks down at you... <sighs> what's your intelligence score? Just straight number or modifier? Yeah, just uh, just a straight number. 16. Oh. So with your passive insight, you notice that as you say this, she... Sorry, she looks away and I'm going to be technical. Insight is wisdom. Oh, yes. That is... Uh, yeah, so what's your wisdom score again? Wisdom's 12. 12? Yeah. That's still enough here. So. With your passive insight here, it's very obvious that as she turns away from you, becking you into the camp, there's an audible sigh and a rolling of the eyes almost as she welcomes you into the camp. I will... Take my stuff out of the ground and sheath them back, and then walk into the camp. As you walk into the camp, she's right behind you, and she is tall. I mean, you're five foot two, and she is very easily seven feet tall. And most of these orcs are around that height, if not a little higher or shorter, so you are the smallest one here in the camp. It's not a big area. It's maybe... I mean, it's maybe at most got a 20-foot radius, if you were to think of it in a circle. But of the 12 orcs that are milling about, there's one who's got this massive boar on the fire, cooking for the rest of the camp. There's some that are sharpening their blades. Some are setting up tents. One's coming back from relieving themselves, and they all just are staring at you as you walk into this camp. There is a central fire... But what do you do? I uh, where where does she is she just behind me or does she like walk ahead of me to the fire? Where is she what's she doing? She is directly behind you. And she still has that 
great axe on her shoulder. Not threatening, not menacing, but she's still holding on to it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, is there anybody around the campfire? Uh, yeah, there's one who's just picking at their nails and the other one who's tending to the boar. I will go... I'll turn to her, actually, and I will... In, again, I'll, this whole thing, this whole time I'll be in Orcish, unless I specify otherwise. I will say, are you one clan here, or of many? To that she... We are one clan. She walks past you over to the fire. I'll follow her. But we are not whole. And she puts down the axe, and just sits by the person tending to the boar, cooking. Where are the rest of the clan? They were not permitted to join us for your leadership. And her responses are very short, very, very clipped. I'll say that smells of dishonor. She looks over to you out of the corner of her eye almost. and hmm. I will come over and sit at, if there's a place to sit by the fire. Absolutely. There's a boulder, a place to sit, even on the ground, which one of them is sitting on the ground as well. You can join them by the fire. Uh, it's quite hot. It's a, it's a roaring fire. It's uh, making you sweat a little bit, but it's not painful to you necessarily. You wish to speak to us. What is it? From my tongue, you can tell I have had interactions with the orc, your kind. I respect the honor that you seek in life and am offended when it is not given to you. Mm. Honor. Um, actually, go ahead and roll roll another charisma check. Just charisma this time? I will say, Lance... Yeah, it's more it's more deception. It's more deception. Yeah, go, yeah. Uh, this, but, for this one, just do it, yeah. general charisma. All right, just, just general, general charisma. charisma for this one. That's gonna suck. All right. Oh! 17. Okay. Very lucky roll. She goes, honor... There is no honor in a camp like this for us. I agree. And I come here to offer a possible change to give honor. As you say this, the one who's picking at his nails, which is sitting across the fire, you notice that they stop picking their nails and their eyes just flit up towards you. And the one cooking the boar, their movements, they were in the process of getting things served up and then they stopped ever so slightly before they kept moving and the main orc she turns to you and goes I have no use for your tricks you cultist Grumsh will look out for us he will bring us true honor Grumsh you said is that like is she pointing to a guy when she says that or is that like some deity that I know of go and roll me a history check okay or religion that is a 21 Dang. Grumsh is the the most commonly worshipped deity for orcs. One, because you rolled so high, not spoken of intently outside of orc circles, but with your background in understanding and learning orc, the understanding that Grumsh is a god who... Another name for Grumsh is he who watches. And he's the one who is who has encouraged and mandated that his spawn, the orcs, cover the earth to bring him glory again, to bring about his will. But immediately after she says this, uh, Grumpsh will watch over us. 
the one across from the fire in Orcish yells at the top of his lungs, Stop with your rhetoric, Sutha! There is no one watching us here. Even Luthic has forsaken us and our tribe. We are alone without means of redemption. Immediately at this, she stands up with the axe in her hand and she just bellows a yell across the fire. And she says, you will learn your place when we are here. And things just went from a zero to a ten very quickly. Chill, 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 chill. <laughs> so one, they said also Luthic. Do I know that name? Is that like another possible deity I could think of? Or is that more of a mystery? So with your 21, it's actually another deity of the orcs. It's Grumsh's wife, if you will. And what did they say about Luthic? He said, even Luthic has forsaken us. And as this tense encounter has just rapidly occurred, the two orcs are just... And it seems that their breathing is just intent and intensifying almost. I will speak. (laughs) I'll say, um, I'll just kind of like have my hands up a little bit. Like, not like, don't hurt me, but like kind of like toward both of them, like, Let's calm it down, people, almost in a gesture. But I will say, as an outsider, I will not seek information personal to your clan, as I view this to be. However, Tiamat, the god that this camp should serve, honors strength, values, power. Interrupting you, the male orc on the other side goes, We care not for Tiamat. We care to be rid of this place. We have told you and your masters time and time again. Release us! With that in mind, (laughs) I will say... That is what I have come to offer you. What was their reaction to that? As you gauge the situation around you, the one who is uh, cooking has stopped, given up, and is, is leaning intently towards you. And there are some orcs that were putting up tents and they have started to gather around the fire and there appear to be a good eight or nine orcs surrounding you. Everybody in the camp seems to have their attention drawn to you. The leader, she's not pleased, but she looks across the way and as she looks across the way, she huffs and looks at you and goes, what is your proposal? Tiamat does not condone binding power, weakening honor, but to lift it. And those of this camp are not following that belief. So those higher than those who lead this camp wish a message to be sent. And what is your message, little one? Just as Tiamat would, it must be burned to the ground. Go ahead and roll a deception check. This is so terrible. And with advantage. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Mm, I'm myself. Okay. Deception. 17. Sutha, great axe still in hand. She walks up right in front of you. You are staring directly up at her. You can see her chest rising with her breath. And she leans down towards you. Her face a foot away. You can see the tusks coming out from underneath her lip, passing her nose almost. And her breath, her rotting breath, and those yellow eyes just staring intently at you. And how will you survive the flames? Tiamat protects those who truly 
honor her wishes. I do not wish to get my clan killed here for an impossible mission. However, we wish to be rid of this place. Not for Tiamat's glory, but to see our clan once again. Do you have a plan? It is already in motion. And when must we strike? That depends on other factors. When would we know? Soon. Mm. A day, maybe sooner. Her pointer finger comes towards you and she goes, I warn you, once you put an idea and she pokes your head twice, right in your forehead, in our heads, it is not easily stopped. I have seen the rage of the orcs overtake the mightiest city in this land. I know your power. Tiamat knows your power. Then you best tell us when and soon. I will be back during the nightfall. And she stands up and she yells in orcish, Back to the camp! Give no indication. Business as usual. And about seven of them are... And they go back to their tents, quickly scattering, while the other three... Uh, Sutha, the cook, and the one who originally had the outrage. Just stand nearby. Sutha, she turns and she just walks from you. I will back out of the camp facing them. Then as soon as I'm out of the range of the tents, turn around <laughs> and walk, hopefully, over to Fleeple. Now, Fleeple, go ahead and roll me just a general perception check here. General perception. That's going to be nine. Nine? You see that Lance has peed himself. (laughs) Through your discussion with the kobolds, the information, although alarming and although informative, is not... You're too focused on it to truly see what had transpired in the orc camp. But with that low enough roll, you do see Lance somewhat quickly, briskly walking away from the orc camp towards your location. Like an 80s mom on a speed walk. Uh, but Lance, Fleeple, uh, Fleeple, you do see Lance and uh, you meet up, but you are amidst these kobolds, not too terribly far off from the clan that you had previously talked to. So we're in the middle of kobolds? Yes, right now. Uh, I will say, Jenk, come, we must get back to it. And I turn to the nearest kobold and I just roll my eyes and go, elves, right? And then one goes, <laughs> tell me about it. In Draconic. And I just tilt my head because I know Draconic. <laughs> but I will not say anything. <laughs> and I follow along with Lance. As we're walking, I'm just going to be like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I just... Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, I have a lot to talk to you about and to talk to Mal about. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This, this is intense. I don't like this. I don't like this thing. Well, these other kobolds, they don't seem too happy about being here, but they seem too timid to do anything about it. Okay, that's not the case with the orcs. <laughs> the orcs are, are pissed off at this camp, and they are ready to burn it alive. And I gave the impression that that will soon happen. And they think that I'm actually working for, like, the higher-ups of Tiamat, and that Tiamat wants the camp to burn to the ground, and we're gonna tell them when to burn it to the ground, but, you know, once you put an orc in your mind... I forgot what she said, it was just so intimidating, my head hurts, because she 
she just it felt like a punch two times in my forehead. Wait, um, you, the orc put itself into your mind by punching it. Physically, it I think it probably cracked my skull. Yeah, that's our thing. first T-shirt. Once you put an orc into your mind, <laughs> you never go back. <laughs> okay, so yes, um, um, here, let me just break it down for you, and I'll won't have to recap the whole thing, but I'll recap the whole thing. Well, if there's one thing I know about kobolds, is that they like lighting things on fire. I think if we can figure out how to get these kobolds to rally behind the orcs, we might be able to have a good situation on our hands here. Yes. Uh, they need uh, a time, or a, or at least a, a path forward by, by nightfall. Um, that's when I said I'd be back to tell them when this will all go down. Oh, you made a pretty big promise for all of us. Well, I did. I did. <laughs> but they said it had to be soon, and I didn't want to say, well, let's give it a week, you know? Oh. <laughs> Okay, well, you know what? I'm ready to just go ahead and get it taken care of, but we probably should consult with our friend Malamara first. Well, and there's a, there's a lot we can do with this, technically. We can, we can have them burn down the camp. We can actually rat them out and gain favor and actually, like, maybe meet the top of the camp. There's a, I mean, we don't necessarily just have to go with burn it down. We could go with... There's a lot we could do here. And Fleeple puts his head in his hands... And he's just like rubbing his temples, and he's like, "Okay, wait, which which side are we on here? Are we?" No, no, I know, but like, it's 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 the idea of do we want to burn the camp to the ground, but then in the midst of that whole battle, try and get the prisoners out, but then we're literally trying to get prisoners out in the middle of the battle, so we might get some of them killed, or do we like gain a higher trust with the camp, and somehow that gets us a little bit more on the inside to have a little bit more sway with what they do with the prisoners. I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Yeah. Okay, so here's... If we try and pit the orcs against the cultists and the cultists against the orcs, I, I feel like there's a lot of crossfire that's going to happen there. Crossfire! Sorry. You get caught up in the I always crossfire. Have to do that whenever I hear crossfire. I, uh... And I love it. One of the best one of the best commercials from the 90s ever. Crossfire! That little marble game. So think of how many... Those orcs, they're not happy about being here. There's a lot of innocence amongst the orcs. No, not, not any innocence amongst the cultists. All the cultists are bad. We've already established this. But think of how many of those innocent orcs will get caught up in the crossfire if cross we fire. try and... Crossfire! So... <laughs> <laughs> Just a kobold next to you. Crossfire! Crossfire! Just like a little, a little, a little Greek chorus of cobalt. <laughs> this episode sponsored by the board game Crossfire. Yep, both from the nineties. Now, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is, I am all about burning this place to the ground. I would be a little bit more likely to ally myself with the orcs and the kobolds, the the oppressed, as it were. Yes, I, I completely. I'm just saying we should keep options open because we have no idea what Mal's getting into, and she might actually become, like, a super big confidant. And if we then... I don't know. We I think we need to talk to Mal. Yes, we definitely need to do that. In either case... Cross by her! Wipe across to the Mal. 
Oh, I hope that lasts. <laughs> yeah, this is how the this is how the transition is going to look. Um, <laughs> zoom in on one of the launchers for the game Crossfire. A metal marble shoots out of it, and as we pan along with the marble, it suddenly goes past where Mal is into the midst of the battle. Mm-hmm. Guys, why are none of us in marketing? Mm. I'm in marketing. <laughs> oh, I guess Ned is in marketing. <laughs> why are none of us in marketing? That's why Ned came up with this genius <laughs> plan. <laughs> this is why we're paying me the big bucks. No. Yeah. The podcast bucks. Yep, big podcast bucks. Mal, I need you to roll initiative, please. Yeah. Oh, snap. Okay. I just want to point out, by the way, how freaking lucky that whole conversation was. Seriously. Yes. Very impressed. Um, and Fleeple, go ahead and take an inspiration die. <laughs> Woo! Um, thank you. I'm not sure what for, but thank you. Just continually, I just thought it was a great moment to where you were trying to, well, not only the crossfire transition, uh, that was amazing. Um, shout out to the 90s. Just the idea of, like, you already going through a theological debate and continuing that forward of, like, what side are we on? Do we want to be on the cultists? Do we want to be on the... I just thought it was a beautiful moment, so... Gotcha. Shoot, I gotta... If I'm gonna be getting inspiration this frequently, I gotta use it more often. So, Mal, what'd you get? A-19. So, Mal, 19. As this blade comes towards you, you see it materialize before it gets to you. You actually go first in this combat here, so you get a re you get to a whole turn before this blade actually connects with you. You can see the wind up, you can see the build. You've got that spear in your hand that Ovac had had thrown at you, and you are five feet within them. So, what do you do? Sorry, before you say anything, mind you, this is just in the middle of like the camp. Remember, you were taken towards the more magic user side and there are people just milling about in their tents eating their meals some people are training in the distance and all of a sudden ovac just slashes you right by the armory here so what are you doing i will jump back let's call it five feet i guess the, how far i can jump backwards as she's swinging down so is that the attack of opportunity is her swinging through that and then i can finish my action I don't know what the exact rule is, but because she hasn't taken a turn yet, you moving away from her, and you can even disengage if you really wanted to. Yeah, I would say you can move away from her because she kind of the loosey-goosey rules of surprising. I'll have to look that up officially. Listeners, sorry if I got that wrong, but uh, let's just say for now you can move away from her without an attack of opportunity happening because she hasn't taken her turn yet. So loosey-goosey, I'm going to jump back five feet uh, as that swing, as that sword swings by me. Right in front of you. Um, and I'll grip the spear. As I'm retreating backwards from her, she will say, you wanted to see my magic, right? And as a bonus action, I will cast Hex, because it's a bonus action spell. So as you, as you point to her, you want to see my magic, you point to her these magic almost is crawling itself out of the ground and it grabs her arms uh, her legs and as it grabs her legs it just slithers up her body an inky mass uh mickey or are you thinking more uh, otherworldly color or otherworldly color we kind of did hex was more like it was very akin to my mage armor that black and red 
almost smoky. Yeah, it, it's it's that black and red color to where the colors don't mix with one another, but they occupy the same space as one another, and it's very chaotic. And the colors clash, and it's it's black, and then suddenly bright red, and it starts to swarm around her as the hex crawls up her body. She and after finishing this sword swipe, she looks at her body and uh, she looks up to you. And the only thing you see on her face is a grin. And she's... <laughs> Your go still, Mal. At this point, I backed up 20 feet from her. And I'll throw my spear at her. Okay. Go and roll an attack then. Yes. 15. 15. That is a hit. Excellent. Uh, it's a d6 plus... Oh my gosh. It's a d6 plus an extra d6. And I got max damage on both. I rolled two sixes. So wow. 12, 13, 14 points of damage. Ooh, man. As you chuck that spear at her, it uh, looks like it's going to just graze her side. But at the last minute, one of the red and black tendrils grabs out to it and just right into her stomach. Ooh, and it's a gut wound. And she... And she grabs the spear, yanks it out, and tosses it on the ground. And her hands all bloodied, and she goes, <laughs> "Anything you do on your turn?" Yeah, uh, and as she's laughing, I will pull from inside of my robe uh, that that long, intricate carved great sword and start charging back toward her. So I get, I'm within ten feet of her by the end of my movement. Okay. So that great sword, uh, do you have that like bandaged all the way up, if you will, or is it uh, exposed to the light? That's an awesome question. Could I say it's bandaged, but that I still get the slashing or the slashing would go through the bandage? Oh, uh, no, no, it, it's, yeah, we, we could say it's bandaged with our understanding there. Yes, magical bandaging. Yeah, so it looks like a bandaged great sword. Okay, sounds good. So you grab two hands and you charge and just, and you make your way halfway there. 14 damage, all right. Yeah. Bless those sixes. That's the best I'll ever roll in the whole whole game. Okay. And then, sorry, with Hex also, I choose that Ovac will have disadvantage on strength checks. Okay, and that's just ability checks, right? Not saves or anything like that. Yeah, it would be like a grapple or something. So seeing... The magic and the inky tendrils swarm around you. Ovac, she sees you charging, and she goes, <laughs> and she brings up two fingers uh, with her. She brings up the blade to her forehead, and she closes her eyes, looking downwards. And as she does, she's whispering something to herself, and you can't quite hear it because you're screaming. You're running at her, and then the last second, the left hand reaches towards your your head and you feel something seize your brain. I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw, please. 20, non-natural 20. So 17, 18, 19, 20. That is a success. You feel this sharp pain, like press against your mind. And then as you prepare for it, you go, oh, what is it? It just seems to rip through your entire brain. From front to back, you can almost feel this physical force moving through your brain, but you braced yourself against it. It still killed like a morning hangover, but oh wow, you only take three points of psychic damage from it. That 
was a crappy roll. Uh, but I really appreciate it. So if you just keep rolling like that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and Ovac, she looks at you and um, she goes, let's see some more. Show me more. And she's getting enraged as um, you are rushing after her. And she's going to jog backwards away from you her full 30 feet. What a coward. Okay. It's your go. Well, that gave me a really good idea. So um, charging with this sword, I'll, I'll still charge my full 30 feet toward her. But as I'm running, I'll cast Eldritch Blast. Great. Sounds good. Um, so as you're running, you're whispering into your hand almost, and this all of a sudden this red, the same reddish blackish energy just wasn't there, and then erratically it doesn't form into a circle. It forms into a sphere that wants to break free and, and release, and as you pull it away from your face, you thrust it towards her. What was your roll? Um, 19. 19, also a hit. One roll damage. Uh, five points of damage. Five points of force damage, okay. She is grinning. Each hit just right in front of her. (laughs) Uh, Hex doesn't count towards that, does it? Wait, yes, I think. Uh, Let me make make sure. Until the spell ends, you cast an extra 1d6 necrotic damage whenever you hit with an attack. This is an attack, yeah. I've never used Hex with a spell. Uh, An extra four necrotic. So what was that total? It would be a five, four, nine. Nine. This Ovac is not looking great. She is grinning, but she is holding her side where that massive amount of damage hit her side, and she is looking she's looking very bloodied, if you will. Still ten feet away, she grins and she charges you. Uh, actually, at the end of her attack, at, at the end of you attacking her, she grins. And as she does, she points her finger at you. And then from her one finger, an ice blast just streaks from her finger towards you. I need you to roll a dex saving throw, please. Uh, 15 plus three is 18. Rolled over 10 every time, guys. Dang, okay. Well, as the ice starts to reach you, you hear these whispers. And they get to your your face, and the ice turns to fire. And it envelops your head. There we go. Oh, dang. D10, seriously? Sheesh. So that'd be 24 points of fire damage, halved because you were successful, so 12 points of fire damage to you. Woof. How we doing? Double digits. She's going to charge at you, and she is going to swipe at you with an attack. Did you cast a bonus action? Uh, that was a reaction. Ooh. Hellish Rebuke. That's mm. cool. That's the good stuff. That is the good stuff. That is going to be a 17 to hit. Uh, that hits, yes. Okay. And you still have Mage Armor up, right? I do. Okay. Yeah, 17, that hits. So he's going to do... So as she rushes forward with her sword, uh, she's holding it two-handed, she is going to do six points of slashing damage. And then she is going to attack again. And a 10 does not hit, I assume. No, it does not. (laughs) The first one. It impacts your mage armor, but there's something otherworldly about her blade as well. And it 
slices right through it into your shoulder. And uh, you dodge out of the way, and she goes for a second against your side, but you use your own great sword. And you thrust it to the side there, a miss, and she's face to face with you. And she goes, It seems we are both one of a kind, aren't we? <laughs> and just cackling. Your turn. This is a bad idea. Okay, um, I'm going to... Feeling the damage that I've taken and a sense of self, self-preservation coming over me, uh, Mal will then cast Mirror Image on herself. Her shape fuzzies and three illusion... Illu, illusion? Oh, illusory. Illu, illusory. I'm like, I can read... I know the word that I'm reading is wrong. I just can't fix it in my brain. Illusory oh, duplicates appear in your space. Okay. So there are... So there's three and you. I, I always forget with mage, uh, for mirror image. You're just three. To- yeah, three illusory. So yeah, okay, sounds good. All right, you uh, are blocking her, holding her face to face, and you John Cena her, and three are holding the sword in the same exact motion, staring directly at her. Bonus action movement, Mel. No, I'll just hold that closeness. Great. She looks around and she goes. <laughs> I never did like this one. And she goes to one of your illusions. She's going to attack. Natural one. That misses. <laughs> and so you're easily able to dodge. She doesn't quite know where to land her hit. And she rolls again. Is a 13 hit? No. Oh, so both attacks. Swing wide. Uh, you're able to parry away. Swing wide. You just move out. And she goes, You are a clever one. And that's her turn. She's not going to back away. She's going to stand her ground. So, Mal, it is your go. Um, all four of us, it is me plus three others, all four of us will swing that great sword with both hands at her. All right. Go and roll an attack. <sighs> I'm rolling so good, guys. 18 plus four, so 22. 22 is a hit. Go and roll damage on that. 3d6. Six. Seven, eight, Seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. It's, it's the great sword plus hex. Sorry, the great sword is 2d6 plus hex. Is yeah, because she's got hex going on. Damn, time to erase Ovac from my notes. Sorry, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Sorry, 15 points of slashing doom with some necrotic in there. How do you want to drop her, Mal? Much like the. Well, that depends. Can I kill her, or is it just incapacitating her? With where she is standing, you know that this... I'll just say, you know that this won't kill her outright. But it will seriously and bodily hurt her. Possibly even maim her. Swinging the sword up and around her head, all four of them uh, will slash downwards um, through kind of the head and down through the chest, trying to get an ear off and then through to the chest to drop her. As you... Swing it once over your head, twice. All four images converge on one location, almost surrounding her. You slice, you hit her in her right side, and the impact immediately, her neck goes, and just, she starts to crumple. But you just drag it down her face. And as it does, you know just from the resistance that you didn't quite achieve your goal of eliminating her entirely, but... Well, and to be fa- so to be fair to half works with relentless endurance, is she still? Technically oh, that's up? right. Yes, yeah, so that's that's uh, right. I forgot. No, she goes back to one. Yeah. 
Yeah. I even dropped this. As you smash her to the ground, she cracks. No, and, and you and you pull the sword out. No, thank you for reminding me. And you, you pull the sword out. The bandage is already bloodied from her. And you sort of kick her away from you, knowing what to expect. She, on her turn, she glares up at you and she stands up with her movement, using her own sword to prop her up. And she just stares at you in the face. The laughter, the mirth, the enjoyment has just turned to pure rage. And she just stares at you. And she, again, with this burst of energy, just bam, bam, two attacks right to your side. First one, uh, 23 to hit. 23 does hit. So let me do it for a mirror image. You hit one of my illusions. Mirror image pops right in front of her. Second one, 25 to hit. Yikes. Can't believe you're rolling so badly before. And that hits my second illusion. And so she goes, yeah, yeah. one image, two image, both pop out of existence. And so it's just you and one more. And she's just angry, glaring at you. And she gets right up in your face and she goes, I dare you to kill me in front of these people. I mean, if for so no other go. reason than the fact that she's really creeping me out, I suggest you do it. <laughs> do it! You can certainly try. Trying to gain some respect here. Do it! Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that might not have hit. <gasps> 13. 13? Yeah. That is a miss. Oh, dang it. I was rolling so good. Can I give Mal my inspiration from across the caldera? Yes, you can. Really? Well, inspiration is player-based. So Ned can give Mickey his inspiration. So I just roll another d20? You may. Ned's going for that fan favorite. Ned! Yeah, he is. That's Fleeple. No, that was Ned. That was Ned. Total 20. 20. All right, how do you want to drop her again? Well, go and roll damage, actually. Roll damage. Woo! I didn't need all three of my d6s. It's fine. Oh, those were really good rolls. Six, five is 11, um, slashing, 11, 12, 13 slashing, plus four is 17. All right. I just realized... We didn't do concentration checks for her or for you, so they evened out, but we'll do that next time. Uh, because they both had concentration spells, so we're not, we're not going to worry about it. You're right. I did not. I forgot that Hex was concentration. <laughs> so, how do you want to drop her? Being face-to-face with her and having that dare challenged, mustering all the strength that she can, Mal will try to decapitate her whether or not that actually severs the head or not, but try to bring her down as gruesomely as possible. So you kick her back and you get a running start and just right into her neck. And she goes with emotion a little bit. So as a result, it's not clear how, I, I guess the decapitation isn't as swift as you wanted. You drop her for sure. She's on the ground. She's bleeding out and she's in front of you at your feet. And the whole camp is silence staring at you. At least this portion of the camp. And as a finishing act, Mal will spit on the half-orc's corpse. Body. Unconscious body. Man, it's like Mary Stewart needed two strokes to get that head off. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, dang. Did we all do Mary Stewart together? We did. Yeah, we, we did. did. Mary, Stewart. Oh, yeah. Mary Stewart reunion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you spit and walk away, Mal. No, I spit and stand there. Because I don't know what the retribution for that's going to be. And I'll just look to the tiefling. Because the tiefling was there with us, right? The tiefling was not there oh. with you. The tiefling stayed in the tent behind. Go and roll me a perception check. Perception is 14. 14. Easy enough, you're able to see through your rage, and as you see through your rage, everybody has stunned silence around you. Those that were practicing weapons are holding them a little bit more firm, just glaring at you. Those that are washing their clothes have since let them fall into the barrels of water. Okay, so I know where Balam's tent is, right? Because that's where we came from? Yes. And as you scan, you see Balam standing about 10 feet from the tent entrance with his arms folded, staring in your direction. Uh, He's about 40 feet away. Okay, so metagame a little bit. With the Pact of the Blade, if the creature is killed, the weapon appears. So is the weapon nearby or are they just unconscious? That just depends on what I do next. Uh, The weapon just fell from her hands as she she fell to the ground. So it was in her hands when she died. Right, it disappears. So if you fall unconscious, it disappears. If you die, it appears on the ground next to you. Oh, thank That's you. why I want to yes. know what happened. There you go. Yeah, so as they fell unconscious, it disappeared. Great. So then I will drag the body. I'll pick it up by a shoulder or an arm and drag it over and lay it at Balam's feet. Balam, as you're dragging, is curiously looking towards Ovak being dragged, blood being left behind in the dirt. And you just, you toss Ovak at Balam's feet. And Balam is just staring intently at Mal. And is not making any motion or movement quite yet. Mal will stand as well. Two successful saving throws, by the way, for our listeners. And then finally, you see Balam's hands just make a curt gesture. And Balam just says, get up. And Ovak at Balam's feet. And just lays there for a bit. Balam turns, and he walks away. I'm not sure the layout of the camp. From where I am, can I see where Fleeple and Lance went? No, the way that this, um, if we were to think about, this is almost like a different section of a town, if you will. I don't don't know, like, uh, I want to say a different section of a camp, but it obviously is. It's more enclosed, like... They almost have their own circle of wagons, if you will, with their tents. You obviously can come and go from any direction, but there is a central pathway leading to the rest of the camp in this this area of the overall cultist camp. Unless they are on that pathway in particular, it's, it's difficult to see them from where you currently are standing. No worries. Well, if Balam is finished with me and no one's going to stop me, Mal will shake the blood from the blade... And return it to its hiding spot. You, you'd think that the bandages would soak the blood up. But as you shake it and thrust the blade to the side, the blood goes to the tip of the blade from the bandages and flies off. Looking down at Ovak laying on the ground, Mal will say, You're disgusting. And spit on her again. And then leave to find Fleeple and Lance. If no one's Come on! Come on, come on, come on, do it, do it. And as you... Come on. 
<laughs> and as you walk away, Ovac goes, <laughs> It's good to know that you're not alone in the world. <laughs> okay, just, just, she's right there. Just one more hit. And the laughter fades as you walk away from the rest of the camp. Your, your second illusion pops as you walk away. You walk away from the this sector of the camp. And Lance and Fleeple, I assume you were walking towards that section of the camp to try and find Mal? Or did you have a specific direction in mind? I think we're just walking to find Mal. Is Fleeple, is that your understanding? Yeah, because we decided we wanted to talk to her before we made uh, yeah. any big decisions. And I'm just saying to Fleeple, I, c- I can't imagine anything more intense than what we just went through. Oh, I don't know. I was having a pretty chill time with those kobolds. There was this one. I just, I feel so bad for him. He only had six teeth. And oh I just, I feel like that little guy needs, he needs Were they like be. rotted out? Or do you think like he got like oh, kicked they were, in the face? I think he got kicked in the teeth. I think that because he told me that multiple times. Oh. If we give him clothes, <laughs> will he be free? <laughs> <laughs> Mal, you see both Lance and Fleeple in the distance intently discussing something, but you're able to approach them. I want all of you to make a stealth check here. Let's see. Okay, okay. That's a 22. Oh, and I get get, uh, get advantage on stealth. Okay, first roll is better anyway. 22. Mal? Six. You're just dripping with blood. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly not. Not trying to be sneaky. <laughs> this was mainly just to see uh, how well, how much attention do you draw to yourself throughout the camp, especially with you having parted ways and coming back together. This is so, like me and um, Fleeple are like the cool kids at the mall who are like just smoking cigarettes and being like, yeah, we're cool. And Mal's like the one with like, who's like, I'm cool too. <laughs> I'm cool too. <laughs> She's trying to. Really blended. She's the one that plays Crossfire! Crossfire! But you are all together, and you discuss oh my, what you are. Oh my gosh, what happened to you? The, uh, the, uh, half-orc said she wanted a challenge, and I gave her one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit, if that's okay with you gentlemen. I'm just yes. gonna, yes. I'm gonna sit. sit right here. I'm just gonna find a nice place to sit down with my five hit points. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can find an easy enough place to sit that's not too close, but um, while you are in the camp, there is somebody within... There, there will always be somebody milling about walking past you within at least six feet of you, I would say. Man, if only there was, like, some kind of alcove, like some kind of cave that we found. That Why are you talking like that? Only I can understand you right now. <laughs> <laughs> only I can understand you right now. <laughs> um, Mal, how about you follow... Uh, Fleeple and myself. Um, I mean, Jank! Jank! Gosh dang it! Where's the water? Get the water for her! <laughs> okay, Vandal, okay. Oh, oh Vandal, that's what we're saying. Okay, we're going, great. How about you okay. not do that so loud? I know you've lost a lot of blood, but how, do you have... What should we call you? Yeah, half-orc. Whoa, calm down. <laughs> oh, what name did I give him? I gave him um, Amara. I just, that second half of my name. Yeah, I totally knew your name, Amara. I that mean, it, it's my mother's clever. name of um, my... Uh, well, okay, well, that's... Cool. All right, follow us. We we have a, a secluded spot. Jank, get the water! <laughs> okay. 
So using your previous stealth rolls, you make your uh, you head over to the direction of the alcove and you slip one by one into the alcove together, feeling somewhat secure of not being overheard. All right, uh, a lot has happened apparently for each one of us. Um, so where to start, Fleeple? Where where do we start? Uh, we start here and we tell her everything. Great. Everybody's brought up to speed. Right. Great. Okay, so you... Okay, oh my gosh. So you've, you've like, maybe impressed, but also maybe pissed off people by it doing would, that? Honestly, it was really unclear. I thought that Balam would be really impressed, and so I was I was really going for it, and I just walked away. And so, okay. And it seems like Ovac was into it in a way that I really don't like. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Anybody like that but Ovac by what was described. Um, okay, so what, what should, okay, oh my gosh, okay, what do we do? We have options. You, you want, you went and have been sewing deceit, and the, and the kobolds are on board. No, kobolds, uh, kobolds might not be on board. We could, we could get them on board. Kobolds could be on board if we give them the right angle. And orcs are very much on board. As long as we have a good way of getting Orc, them orcs good revenge. Orcs will rampage and destroy and okay, burn not, down anything for any okay. reason. <laughs> with no reason. They have, don't have to have a reason. They are just born that way. Well, these... No. Ma- um, mindlessly and wantonly destroy. That's, so I, I mean, say we burn down the camp. Okay. I'm interested in your stereotyping, but we'll move past that. So, okay, we could burn down the camp, yes. I need to get back to... Well, maybe I don't. I don't know. How do we do that? Like, well, okay, if we... But let's let's go down that path. We burn down the camp. How is that going to get the prisoners out? We haven't even really seen... All the prisoners are all around the camp. How do we, like, get them all together and get them out while this is happening? I think that they'll probably flee. If I were a prisoner, I would probably flee. If If you're human... And an orc comes rampaging at you. They're going to fight and they're going to forget about their prisoners. And if the prisoners can run or if we're going through trying to encourage them to run, maybe in the chaos and the burning, the prisoners can just get away. Because we don't have time. We don't know who's from Greenest. I'm not from Greenest. You're not from Greenest. We don't have time to find who all those people are. We know where the monk is. Make sure he gets out and just try and take down this faction of this cult. Wait, the monk. Maybe he can help us out. He doesn't want to leave, I thought. He doesn't. He well, wouldn't want this plan to happen. Well, we have some information that he doesn't have yet. What, what's that? Which part? We know, we know and, a lot. No, no, no. Um, which, which specific piece of information are you talking about? I think now that we have the orcs ready to cause a kerfuffle, if nothing else, we can use that as a distraction for him to accomplish whatever it is that he needs. Because he's got a bit more information about the inner workings of the cultist side of things than we do. Was there, Thomas, in our whole tour of the camp, I forgot, was there a central spot where we're like, oh, this is where they keep prisoners when they're not working? I can't remember if we saw anything like that. Yeah, so there was there were some prisoners. Most of the prisoners were in the lower level with the kobolds. And some of them were chained to a post temporarily while they were performing a task, but some were walking about with an armed guard. But you you did not see any prisoners in the upper part of the camp. 
uh, at least with your perception rolls that you you. So have. they're all with the kobolds in the lower camp. And if you all want to take another perception check, just peeking out of the cave. Um, uh, sure. Just to kind of survey and gauge the camp again, maybe with the intent to look for the prisoners. 19 for me. I'll do a guidance on that. 22. Oh, Mal. Oh, I wasn't going to. I'm bleeding. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lance, as you're looking up east to the upper level where the cultists reside, again, you have that confirmation. You only see the special prisoner of Leosin uh, confirmed by Fleeple. In Fleeple, you see, while this conversation is happening, you see prisoner come out of a tent a tent that's like removed from the rest of the kobolds still still within like the ranks of the kobolds but one tent that is not doesn't have kobolds walking through it and there is one guard standing at the entrance there you see a prisoner come out and then a few minutes later you see another prisoner go in and with that high of a perception roll you you feel confident that could be where maybe the present prisoners are placed when they're not working or exhausted or sleeping all right pointed out to lance what kind of guard is it like, is it a kobold? Is it a cultist cultist? It's a cultist. It's a cultist. One one of the more mercenary ones that uh, assisted on the road that ambushed you and brought you to the camp. Okay, this is starting to make sense. Okay, moving forward, what do we do? I want to speak with Leosin, first and foremost. The monk. Okay. Yes. If nothing else, I mean, he's tied up. If he wants to try and stop us, we just leave him tied up. But I want to get his input first. So should we maybe... Stay here tonight, see the bed down routine, see what happens with the prisoners at night. I promised the orcs that I'd, I'd tell them when we're going tonight. I, well, I, well, that's my plan. It's just, what if we stay here tonight, see how it all works tonight, and then tomorrow night at sundown? That way they're... Because the half-orcs have the advantage with the dark vision over the humans that... We could attack when the sun goes down, and maybe that will help prisoners to, to get away in the dark. Okay. All right. I can I can try. They, they really want it to happen soon. So, um... I don't feel like tomorrow tomorrow night is not necessarily... I know. Soon. I just... They, they were like... I mean, that's a terrible... Sorry, that was really bad. They were really insistent that it happens very soon. So I think... Yeah, I will, I will talk to them. I think it's key, though especially for kobolds and for the orcs, to make sure that they know or to somehow convince them not in this rebellion to just kill everybody because they could go at the prisoners themselves. And that if we defend the prisoners, we look really bad, then they'll turn on well, us. Well, weren't, weren't you talking about turning against the camp itself? The prisoners yep. would be... I mean, the prisoners are part of the camp, technically. You should definitely specify, because those monsters will just rampage. Okay, why do you keep calling them monsters? Because they're orcs. Orcs? You're orc. I am not an orc. I am human. Um. And I look at Lance and I'm like, I feel like we've already had this conversation. Have we? I never remember this conversation. Well, you've had this conversation with me. Put a pin on that. Okay, I think that's the plan moving forward. Let's talk to the orcs, be very specific. As I'm looking at Fleeple, get the kobolds on board, and we possibly go in about 24 hours. And with a shaky plan in tow, something forming amongst the group here. 
that's where we'll go ahead and end this week's episode of I Cast Fireball. Oh, man. Makes you feel so great when your DM calls your plan shaky. Yeah. <laughs> Some interesting stuff. Yeah. Happened this episode. I mean, we have a shaky, pl- I mean, a very solid <laughs> a very plan solid being plan. formed. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> One that will definitely not. It's a, it's a plan. A lot of good stuff happened tonight. Thomas, everybody. you're really making me rethink this whole thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, but we had a battle. We had a tense confrontation with orcs. Fleeple. Fleeple got to chill. Uh, this episode was great. Yeah. yeah. What yeah, is going go, on with the identity awesome. crisis in this group? <laughs> <laughs> Fleeple's so like, cobalt's are evil. They'll just eat everybody. And orcs, orcs are rampaging fools. And I'm like, I'm an elf. <laughs> elves are cool, guys. Elves are cool. I'm a short elf. Elves are cool. Or are you uh, an elf? Oh, that or are you an elf? We'll find out the maybe next time. time. On iCast Fireball. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, everybody. Like always, we just love that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this. As every week, if you feel that we're doing a great job, please give us a five-star review on your podcast service of choice, which will boost us up and help get our podcast out to other people who would enjoy this adventure as well. We have an email. So feel free to email us at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com for a shout out. Uh, if you want us to shout out your name on the uh, the podcast or uh, if you just want to check in and just say thank you for what we're doing here. Now, to get the most recent up-to-date content from all of us here, follow us on Instagram and Twitter using the handle iCastFireball20. There you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, interesting insights from players and the Dungeon Master, and behind-the-scenes shots of us making this incredibly fun world. We just want to give a quick shout-out to someone who reached out to us through our Instagram. Um, That's Island Halfcased. Island Halfcased said they discovered our podcast not too long ago. They've been loving it, and they are especially loving it because they're running two tyranny of dragon campaigns of their own island half case thanks for reaching out to us and letting us know a little bit about what you're doing and how your campaigns are going we love this kind of interaction hearing how your DD games are going inspiration that you're drawing from our campaign and maybe even sharing some inspiration from your own that we can bring into our campaign as well so please shoot us a message on our instagram twitter now we just want to give a quick shout out to our sister podcast improv tabletop where our resident kobold ned takes a turn as a gm and runs through many one month adventures using the fate accelerated tabletop system now whether you like tabletop games improvisation or hearing more from ned we recommend you go give him a listen uh but that's all we've got for this week thanks for tuning in again i'm thomas your dm and we've got malamara lance thalen and fleeple let's keep that fire going and we'll see you all next time